Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 8, and we're just going to read through verse 12. So just a few verses this time, and uh, yeah, I hope it's encouraging to you. So this is the Apostle Peter, and he writes in verse 8, Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another, and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing. Since you were called for this, so that you may inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. All right, so Peter's been digging into our identity, who we are in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus. And then he's also been digging into like the practical ramifications of that. So if that's true, how does it impact the way we do life together? How does that impact um, our posture towards authority figures, towards um, the authority figures God's placed in our lives, so governing, governing authorities, uh, those kinds of authorities? What about um, this reality of... Uh, and we talked about this in depth a few weeks ago, um, but but the slavery, like he doesn't um, he doesn't condone slavery, but he also doesn't condemn slavery. But what he does do is give slaves dignity, and and does in a way condemn the practice of slavery because he he essentially says God is going to bring these unjust masters to justice. But in the meantime, he says you know he's he's trying to encourage slaves to stay firm in their faith. Um, and then he speaks to wives and husbands and challenges them in specific ways. Here's some ways that they can live out their faith in a particular context of churches in Asia Minor. And so now he says, here's some final, sort of some final words of encouragement of how you can live out your faith. How you can live out your new identity as Christ, as resurrected, um, resurrected beings, as people who have been raised from, from, dead, from the dead to new life in Jesus. Well, he says, first of all, be like-minded. This doesn't mean that we like have the same thoughts about everything and that we can never disagree. I think the idea is that we be like-minded in purpose, that we're focused on the same agenda. Um, and that agenda is not about um, politics or about um, su- financial success. The agenda, I think, given to followers of Jesus is to love God and love their neighbor. <laughs> it's really simple. Let's be united. Let's be like-minded in that agenda. Let's focus on that agenda and and work on that agenda together. Then he says, be th- sympathetic. So if people are going through difficult times, if people are suffering. By the way, people were suffering in Asia Minor, being um, ridiculed for their faith. So if you see that happening, like be sympathetic. Be a listening ear. Listen to people who are hurting. Uh, that's a big part of what it means to follow Jesus, is to be a good listener. And sadly, I think in today's day and age, like there are a lot of um, quote-unquote followers of Jesus quote-unquote Christians who are really not great listeners, who have a ton to say, but won't listen to people when they're hurting. Stop that. Don't be that kind of Christian. There's nothing Christian about that kind of attitude or behavior. Peter says here, be sympathetic. And more specifically, love one another and be compassionate and humble. A compassionate humility, that's, that's a beautiful idea, isn't it? Um, those who are humble don't are not focused only on self-interest, but on the interests of others, on the needs of other people. And so, if we'll be compassionate and humble, if we'll 
be willing to lower our needs and raise up the needs of others, um, man, what, what, what might God do in and through us? Um, so, uh, don't think that you have to win all the arguments. Don't think that you have to put people in their place. Don't think that, um, you have to win the cultural wars, you know, the cultural wars, um, over whatever hot button issue that's facing the church today. You don't have to win those battles. Um, God will win all the battles that matter, right? Be compassionate. Um, Instead of always looking for the right debate and how to win it, um, let's look for people and how to love them better. Um, Don't miss that behind all the big buzzworthy debates that there are people made in the image of God who need kindness, who need love, who need support, who need you to be in their corner um, and to listen to them and hear them out. Um, people, let's treat people like relationships, right? Not projects. Um, all right. So then he says, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing. Um, and he says that by the way, because some of them were being insulted. Some of them were being, um, treated evilly were evil was being done to them. And so he says, if people do evil towards you, if people, um, insult you, uh, the gospel says that you refuse to retaliate in the same way. But instead, what do we do? Um, we give a blessing. How can you bless even the people that would wish you ill, that would wish you harm? He says, for since you are called this so that you may inherit a blessing, for the one who wants to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay, so two things I want to point out. One is that Peter is, is demonstrating a the, the kind of backbone that it requires to to stay faithful to God in the midst of persecution. And it's, and it's this one that knows, right, that the Lord is against those who do evil and the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. So what he's saying is, is that even though you may have the disdain, the hatred, the you may be despised by, by people, if, if you're humbly living out your faith, if you're, if, you're being, if you're embodying the kind of Christianity that Peter lays out here, then here's what you can know without a shadow of doubt. Even if there, there are people that are boldly against you, if God is for you, then you can, you can endure, right? You can suffer unjustly if you know that God is in your corner, if his eyes are upon you, meaning his, he, he sees you and, he, and you have his favor and his ears are open to, the, to your prayer. In other words, he's going to listen when you call out for him, for help. He may not respond in the way that you want him to, exactly the way that you want him to, but he will hear your prayer. He sees you, and he loves you. And that is better. That is a better place to be than to have the favor of all people, right? It's a much better place to be. Secondly, this kind of attitude that Peter calls us to embody is most perfectly embodied by Jesus, isn't it? He's the one that blessed while he was being insulted and being and evil was being committed against him, right? Um, he prays on behalf of the very people who are persecuting him on the cross. 
Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Um, he suffered unjustly so that we might be redeemed, we might be renewed, we might be healed, we might be forgiven. And that's a picture of the kind of uh, the way, the posture with which God wants us to operate and live within this broken world as his image bearers are being renewed in the, into the likeness of Jesus. Um, we take on the same kind of attitude and mentality. Um, we don't live for our own agenda, but for that of the kingdom of, of Jesus. And we don't uh, retaliate. But we do. But we have a. We're like-minded. We're sympathetic. We listen to other people. We love other people. We look for tangible ways, like tangible, visible, legitimate ways to be kind and to show love to people who need it, people who are hurting. Um, and by the way, all this implies that we would be living in community. That this is a project. This project of, of, of living out the identity we've been given in Christ is not something we're to do in isolation. All these um, commands that Peter has for the churches in Asia Minor uh, are communal, aren't they? Love one another. Be like-minded. Be sympathetic towards one another. Be compassionate and humble, not just by yourself, but towards one another. That's, that's implied there. Um, so. Let's think, uh, and I think that there's a temptation in Western Christianity, like in the United States especially, to think of Christianity as this very personal, intimate like thing. It's about me and Jesus. And there's something like good about that, I guess, but but it's just not – I mean there's something good about this, that in the sense – in this sense, like in the sense that it is important that you think about your personal relationship with Jesus. And I do think it's important that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. But honestly, like the Bible doesn't say a ton about that. It has a lot more to say about our communal relationship with Jesus. And so uh, just throw that out there to challenge you. Do you see yourself as part of a greater faith community? Do you see yourself as part of this global movement that God is, is doing through the gospel to bring people to Jesus and to renew the world? Um, or do you think it's all about you and Jesus and that's all you need? Um, let me challenge you a little bit. The Bible would say, no, it's not just you and Jesus and that's not just all you need. Yes, you need Jesus, but, but I don't want to say more than that, but in addition to that, in God's design for your, your spiritual growth and flourishing, he's designed that to play out in the context of community. Make sense? I hope it does. I hope this challenges and encourages you. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll see you again next week.